The podcast of this local government meeting is brought to you by Michigan Radio. For more coverage of local government meetings and to find out how you can support this service, go to michiganradio.org. Yes, Madam Chair. Council Member Letitia Johnson. Present. Council Member Mary Waters. Present. Council Member Angela Whitfield Calloway. Present. You have a quorum present, Madam Chair. Thank you, Madam Clerk. Having a quorum present, we are now in session. Is there an approval of the minutes? There is a motion to approve the minutes. Hearing no objection, that action shall be taken. We are now going to move into public comment. We have one person present. Uh, we are going to give everyone two minutes for public comment. We will cut off public comment at 3.13. Good. Can we get the clock set for two minutes, please? Good afternoon, Ms. Warwick. You have two minutes. Yes, good afternoon. May I be heard? I guess so, huh? Yes. So for everybody out in uh, listening land, there's a party going on in the auditorium uh, right down the hallway. So I personally am still wondering about why we're not meeting down there when the mayor can set up uh, Zoom meetings in churches and stuff across the country. But I hope that soon we will be able to do so. Anyway, um, so I want to talk again about being abused by people at the election department yesterday, people making false allegations against me. Really unbecoming. Um, and I have a witness, and I have video. And I will be doing something about this. And again, if this is the way people treated observers at the TCF Center, no wonder people don't have faith. I'd also like to say something else that's strange I saw about the election, because I worked the 2021 election. I was actually called back by the Department of Election that year, not in 2020. Um, and I said, well, wh why are the ballots different? The names are in different places. And they said, they're always rotating names in different places, because if not, people come in and they tend to check the first box. At the ballot place I was yesterday, I noticed every single ballot was the same. So why was that not rotated like in 2021? Lastly, <clears throat> North End Landing, my big headache. I know people don't want to talk to me because they say I'm upset. Well, I am upset and I apologize. I struggle from sleep deprivation, severe anxiety, um, so much Regina asked me to calm down. I went out and bought some CBD gummies. But I just found out there's some more secretive letters that I didn't know about. And Coleman Young's mom tried to tell me that she met with me for 15 hours. I'm sorry, that's not true. That is just simply not true. And she doesn't want to share with me the letters. So where's the equity and inclusion in planning? Thank you. Thank you so much for your comments. I know um, Council President has shared information and given an update on um, utilizing the auditorium. So we should be able to do that uh, when we return from recess. Thank you for being here. 
How many hands do we have raised on Zoom? Good afternoon, Madam Chair and honorable committee members. We have four hands raised for virtual public comment. Thank you. Who's our first caller? Our first caller is D2 victimized Detroit retiree. Thank you. Good afternoon, D2 Detroit victimized victimized retiree i may have botched your name you have two minutes hello hello good afternoon that's okay that's okay about the botch um i just want to speak on um the um new contract uh, five-year contract for the dtd that's a lot of money you know per year Actually, it's only a couple million shy of what was required for both retirement systems during the bankruptcy. And we couldn't do that. So I don't know how we think we're going to be able to, uh, you know, to make these payments when we couldn't make, I think it was 69 million that they couldn't make during the bankruptcy that they had to let slide. And that's what we're paying on our pensions have been cut for now to make that up. I just don't think that um, that's, you know, that's, um, right for increases to be included while you have people that are still suffering from cuts, you know, with no uh, no insight as to when that's going to end. Um, additionally, the plan of adjustment said in 2018, which is four years ago, that we were supposed to start restoring those pensions. Now, we got almost $200 million from the state from the beginning, they put that in at the beginning. And then the uh, mayor said he started a new fund. So that fund has almost a half a billion dollars in it. I don't understand why we can't follow the plan of adjustment and start restoring the, you know, the, um, the first tier people who were affected. Yeah, I think they're waiting for us all to die. But like I told my mom before she passed, I'm a tough old bird, so I'm not going anywhere. I just want, you know, everything to be right, you know, for them to make it right with the pensioners uh, because the bankruptcy was all illegal. Everything that transpired during the bankruptcy was all illegal. Um, even the pension cuts. We were spo not supposed to be cut if we were had already retired. I had retired in 2009. I have no, uh, uh, you know, no reason to be uh, uh, affected. Thanks. Thank you. The next caller. Our next caller is Michael Lamont Cunningham, Jr., Good afternoon, Michael Lamont Cunningham Jr. You have two minutes. My mic, they just allowed me to uh, speak just a second ago. Um, thank you, Honorable Body. I want to know there's a young man with two young children. And I always tell him a nobody, and I want him to people to talk to the powers that be. If he could back off of my, his comments are brief, but if he could piggyback off of my um, public comment, he's a he's a, a constituent of Callaway, Councilwoman Callaway, in her district. But to get home, three, three, four, four, nine, four, 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 four,
directly speaking to you at home, 313-444-9114. I'm sorry. On Facebook, Force Subservience Cunningham. On Facebook, Force Subservience Cunningham. So there's a lot of issues with the State Trade Transit Center, the, the temporary transit center. I, I wish the council would make a call over to D and ask what's going on. Um, and actually drive by and see the temporary state fair transit centers. Lots of your constituents are coming through there. Um, it was like makeshift and there was no advance notice. Um, I'm asking folks to speak in tongues uh, and also chant and drink a lot of water for the next few days. Uh, I need God's favor. Some concerns, my mother was injured in a nursing home and attorneys needed. That's one issue that I have. Um, I'm paying $80 a day lease um, because of my other vehicle, the mechanics were messing up on my car and uh, I'm in major pain in my back and leg, which is chronic, but when it gets cold, it gets worse. And so I'm going to spend the last of my 30 seconds praying in the Holy Spirit. I don't know if you allow the Jalen Kemp to piggyback. Mr. Thank you. Our next caller is Detroit Unity. Good afternoon, Detroit Unity. You have two minutes. Uh, good afternoon uh, to my favorite committee on the 2022 Detroit City Council. And uh, good afternoon, everyone, uh, with their earshot. Now, <clears throat> I took the extraordinary measure to make sure and ensure that everybody that should know in the city of Detroit is aware of uh, what's been taking place over at the Homicide Division of Detroit Police Department. Um, Kanisha Coleman did not shoot herself. As she's listed as a suicide by the department, um, high-ranking officers over at the Detroit Police Department. Uh, <clears throat> there was no gun burns on the wound, no striplings. Um, there was no gunpowder residents, no uh, no kind of evidence that indicated Kanisha fired a firearm. She was hit in the left side in her abdomen. Kanisha was right-handed. She was a small-framed individual holding a nine-millimeter weapon against her body to inflict that type of wound would have caused a severe burn. Now, I know this, and high-ranking members of the Detroit Police Department's Homicide Division obviously uh, don't agree with the scientific medical determination by the Wayne County Medical Examiner of Homicide initially. So they did some uh, additional investigating <laughs> and found a video, a Facebook video, meta Facebook video, and some um, statements. And that is what prompted Jeffrey Hudson, the Wayne County Medical Examiner, Assistant Wayne County Medical Examiner, to change the ruling from homicide to suicide to fit the narrative of the Homicide uh, Department of the Detroit Police Department. 
Thank you. Uh, if Mr. Cunningham is still on, we will allow Mr. Kemp to speak after the next caller. The next caller. Our next caller is Carol Hughes. Good afternoon, Carol Hughes. You have two minutes. Uh, good afternoon, honorable body. May I speak? Yes. My condolences to each one of you who have lost a loved one, as well as to the clerk, Janice uh, Winfrey. Um, you two are also my favorite counsel. Um, you, you, you are, you are listening to some. 7.10 and through 7.13 on your agenda. It's not as bad as it generally is, but we generally have a lot of legal representation and identification um, settlements and suits against a DPD. I, I would like to know before you give them a contract, do you have you discussed with them other than you know they talk about training, but you you really can't train people not to hate you or execute you in such a egregious manner as Mr. Porter was executed on the streets of Detroit and and many others uh, egregious behavior. Um, it it was good that the chief uh, sent a letter to the 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 the, the, the council president, but let let me remind you that the council president is a a citizen, and so he he should not be addressing the the city council now. He should be addressing the people. So I am in agreement with the first caller that I, I think we need some reviews on how we're going to pay uh, the police department all of this money. And I believe that we need to take uh, the hiring of our police out of the hands of whomever is handling it now, because the people that they are choosing are not uh, they aren't compatible, obviously, with the citizens in the city. And uh, I would like in the next budget for you to take a look at restoring the funding for the cadet program so that we can begin to train our own young people uh, to be police. And l let me remind you that um, you cannot break the law and uphold the law at the same time. And as you're, you're listening to a gentleman, Mr. Overton, who calls in consistently, and uh, Mr. Karzak, who says he's been, um, you know, imprisoned, and we're paying all of these lawsuits. Please um, make uh, the chief address some of the issues of the citizens. Thank you. Thank you. Do we have Mr. Cunningham? Still with us? It doesn't look like Mr. Cunningham is still on the line. Do we have any additional callers? There are no more additional callers for virtual public comment. Okay, thank you so much. Uh, to Mr. Cunningham, if you would please have Mr. Kemp call my office, the number is area code 313 224. 4841 in regards to his public comment. We would greatly appreciate it. That concludes public comment. We are now going to move back to the agenda. And we have a couple of interviews taking place this afternoon. Do we have Rochio Ocampo joining us. She's here in person. Good afternoon. Please come up to the table. And Ms. Ocampo is currently 
a board of review member and um, we're here to reappoint, um, to consider reappointing Ms. Ocampo. Good afternoon. I'm doing well. Will you please make sure your microphone is turned on? You can just touch the bottom of it. There it goes. There we go. Um, will you please share information about yourself? Tell us about your experience on the Board of Review. Maybe talk about how long you've been on Board of Review. Um, I've been on the Board of Review for six years already. Um, my experience is we have a lot of need in our community, especially for our senior citizens. They're the most vulnerable in, you know, because they're in a fixed income and they're the ones that need most of our attention. Uh, what have I learned? I learned a lot. A lot of things that I didn't have a clue what they were. So I basically be more human, be more respectful of people. Because the Board of Review does more than just process applications. We do a social worker because when we call someone and they start telling us their 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 worries and their needs and we have to listen we can't just say well we have to go and hang up the phone and a lot of the times we have to find other resources for them as well so we have to work in conjunction with other identities in our communities just to make sure that they have what they need Thank you so much for that. And we, we have heard other Board of Review members share that sentiment um, around just providing wraparound services, if you will, for our residents. And that's greatly, greatly appreciated because we do know that it is desperately needed. And I think what's most important is that we're getting those resources to the people that need them because I think a lot of times that can be a bit of a challenge. Yes. Um, so can you talk to us about yourself Myself. Um, I'm from Texas. I moved here 23 years ago. I have four young men and one young little girl. <laughs> uh, uh, what can I say? One of my oldest is a police officer. Uh, my other two, they work for the city as well, but in other departments. And my youngest of the boys, he's in college for an architect and a soccer player. So, and then I have my little one, she's only seven, so she's on the second grade. So that is me and my little family. <laughs> and I've been here, I moved here, like I said, 23 years ago, and I've been in this, in Detroit since then. I have never moved out or anything. I've been here since I moved. And I love my community, I love my schools, and I love what I do. Awesome. Thank you. Uh, any questions? Member Callaway? Yes, um, thank you for being here. What community do you live in? Which, which district? District 6. And um, how is it that you believe the city council can support? Because you said um, there are a lot of needs, especially for the senior citizens. How can the city council um, help you in that area or help the Board of Review serve that population better so as a as a board member right well Mr. Dunwell is very good at that he always has resources together for us 
he will let us know if there's a new program coming or or anything so basically i believe if the city council will work with us and we can do like a like a resource booklet that we can put everything that there is available in the city from a to z that'd be perfect because that would be something resourceful for everybody not just certain community members you know what i mean everybody will benefit benefit for, from it so i work with um, latino services i do i work with um, congress of communities bridging communities and i also work for urban neighborhood initiatives which i sit on the board of urban neighborhood initiatives and they are really intense with their community and helping so bridging communities works mostly with senior citizens and they have programs let's say they need someone to help them clean their home because they can't do it we will find someone and they will go and help clean their home you know remove the snow cut the grass things like that that our citizens need and they're not able to do so it's different you know different identities does different things and if we can sit and create a booklet where we can put all the resources and everybody will have that booklet will be wonderful. Uh, Madam Chair, how does that um, relate to your job as a Board of Review member? Well. Do you think that's a part of your job? No, but I love what I do and I always help my community. What is your job as a Board of Review member? A board of Review basically is to process applications for property tax exemption. So technically we do that as well, but you also have to, you see the needs of the mm -hmm. people. You, you, you know what they need. So you cannot just say, oh, we're just gonna say approve or denied and forget about it and push it along. You have to have that human touch. You have to, you have to see what they need and if you're able to give them that resource, send them to that resource. So right now there's like improving your homes and and there's helping paying back property taxes they come through us and then we refer them to the the next identity that is going to help them so you have to have that human touch you cannot just sit there and process something and forget about it um, um madam chair it would be great if um when we have these um sessions when you and i have done them um at large member um, waters where we have helped um, people with their applications residents where it is a full resource opportunity so once they leave our table they'll go to the next table that you're talking about instead of having people running all over the place because that's very frustrating just to end up back at square a so i like that recommendation and i'm hoping um, we can do you know create some opportunities where we're just not helping people with their applications and they still have other social services right. needs so we had all of that together under one umbrella or at one setting each time that would um, help those families out so thank you madam chair and thank you ma'am thank you uh, and I know that um, mr. Donwell has done that and really started to have events where there are various uh, organizations that are present to provide resources to residents in the community. Did you have an opportunity to uh, work with Mr. Donwell when they when there was an event hosted in, in Spirit Plaza? Yes, I was outside. We were all outside, so we 
we have we always part of anything that is happening in our community i'm not going to say it every time there is in a, dis a different districts but we try to be there as much as we can and so yes you know i try as much as i can but i also am a mother so <laughs> i have to divide my time and my seat but yes we all part of our communities and that's why everybody has a district so we can focus and not beat all over the place because mm -hmm. that will not be riskful, you know, helpful for anybody. Awesome. Well, I, I thank you. Um, I know Mr. Donwell is, is working with us to uh, bring those service providers to our District 4 meeting on Monday. Yes. Uh, so there will be several organizations present to provide that support and information to our residents uh, on Monday. There. Excellent, excellent. Glad to hear that you'll be there. I did have one last question I wanted to ask. Um, have you had the opportunity to go out and knock on doors in District 6 to share Board of Review information with residents? And the reason I ask is because I know sometimes that there can be a language barrier, mm -hmm. um, but that you may be able to help overcome that and make sure that residents have the information about uh, appealing their assessment. We have not done that. I have not done that, um, but I do know there were different identities that they were doing that, um, but at that time, I don't remember why I was not part of it. But I do know that there is, and they always try to have someone that speaks Spanish. Okay. So, and also when they have a citizen, it doesn't matter what district they are, but that is the barrier of the language, they will call me and I will assist. So, Excellent. Yeah. All right, thank you. Member Waters? Thank you, uh, Madam Chair, and, and welcome, Ms. Ocampo. Thank you. Yes, um, I certainly um, can see and actually feel that, that, that you care about what you do and the people that you serve. I, that comes through in the way that you speak. So I just want you to know how much that is appreciated uh, because our people have so many needs. It doesn't it doesn't serve us to have just cold-hearted people sitting on boards who are only looking at numbers only. You've got to at least care. Yes. You have to. So I do appreciate that. And I want to make sure I echo what Member Calloway said about about that, that, that booklet. You know, have and, and we should do something like that. So thank you for that suggestion. Because I often say, they say, well, you know, it's on the website, it's here, it's there. Okay, everybody doesn't use it. So we need to reach people where they are. And that's what we're going to have to, to do in this city. So I, I, I love the, uh, the idea, and hopefully um, we can figure out a way to, to, to make that happen. And so um, certainly your, your time and commitment is, is appreciated. Thank you. Thank you. Any additional questions? Seeing none, thank you so much for your time. We do greatly appreciate it, and we appreciate the six years that you, you've already put into service and you. that you're continuing to, um, to learn and to grow and to provide the support to our residents that uh, so desperately need it. We appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you. Is there a motion to request that LPD draft a memo to reappoint Ms. Ocampo to the Board of Review? Motion. Any objection? Hearing none, that action shall be taken. Thank you. Enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you. you too.
Chair. Madam Clerk. Yes, point of clarity. So are you moving the appointment out today to formal session? Awaiting a resolution from LPD? Yes. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Our next interview is with Bradley Lutz. Bradley Lutz is a member of the Detroit Brownfield Redevelopment Authority's Community Advisory Council Board. Uh, and this interview is for a reappointment. I believe I see Bradley on the screen. Bradley, will you please introduce yourself? Sure, thank you very much. My name is Brad Lutz. Um, a resident here in the city of Detroit since 2011, born in the city at uh, Sinai Hospital and raised in the suburbs, um, attended Wayne State University for law school and have been in the city ever since. Um, for the last uh, basically 11 years, I've been working at Ernst & Young as a tax consultant and since 2016, I've been uh, honored uh, to serve in the uh, various capacities on the Community Advisory C Committee with the Brownfield Redevelopment Authority. Awesome, thank you for that. Um, Brad, this is, this is actually, I think, our first reappointment for the Brownfield Redevelopment Authority's um, Community Advisory Council Board. So can you talk a little bit about what you all do on the board and, and how you are able to contribute to development projects happening in the city? Sure. Yeah. So the, the Brownfield incentive, which is what our committee um, does our review on, uh, is one of the various incentive tools the DGC and the city have at their disposal to support in, uh, investment and development deals and projects throughout the city. Uh, our group, the CAC, is a member, uh, a collection of 10 individuals um, from various parts of the city, both mayoral appointees and city council appointees, of which I'm currently one, currently sit as the vice chair. And we review uh, brownfield plans as they come before us, and we get the chance to interview the development crew, uh, development team, and the environmental specialist for those projects. Um, and are able to ask questions about what that development will mean, what it will mean for the immediate community around it, what it will mean for the jobs that it will create. Um, and we're able to ask those pointed questions to, to them. And we're also able to understand what that development um, is asking in return for um, that investment. So the what's called tax increment financing or TIF uh, which is the mechanism for which they are incentivized and the, the money is paid back to them. Uh, we're able to see those dollars that are spent and also the dollars that they are going to be receiving in return uh, for that investment. And so our role, the, the way I view my role and our role on the CAC is to be stewards of city dollars, uh, to be ensuring that we ask pointed questions to ensure that the development is an equitable development. And um, as a collective, we provide our recommendation on behalf of the community, uh, speaking as the voice of the community to the board, um, which is the next level in the approval process. And then the board then is 
the group that provides the uh, approval or rejection of that brownfield project before it comes before your uh, full council. Awesome. Thank you so much for that overview. Um, how long have you been on the board? I joined in 2016. I was a city council appointee starting in 2016. Um, I've served as the uh, secretary for a number of years and the vice chair for the last two years. Okay, excellent. Thank you. Um, I do have something that I'd love for you to take back to the board. Um, one of the things that I have been asking for and really trying to identify who has this information is really looking at the tax abatements or the tax incentives after they have expired to really understand whether or not the increase in property taxes that we project, that the DEGC projects, is actually realized by the city. Um, whether it be the city's general fund or the downtown development authority that benefits from the increase um, after the investment has been made, after uh, the support has been provided. Uh, and so I'm not sure if that's something that you all receive on the board, um, but I would love to be able to move forward and identify how much of an impact these development projects are having on the city. Sure. So. The information we receive is a variety of things. To your question, we receive something called the TIF table. And what that shows is the projection, understanding you're, you're looking for real, real-time current data, but it does provide the projection for what the uh, lifespan of that plan will be. Usually it's a 30-year plan, how the increased tax, uh, tax bill would go up, increased property taxes. And then it shows what the base is. So I look at it kind of as, as a, a, a graph like so, where the base stays static, property taxes are supposed to increase, and the, the developer only gets the delta of that. So they're always paying full property taxes, and they're only getting reimbursed for that delta or the captured amount that the city receives. So one one note just to make sure it's not uh, misunderstood is this the city's getting paid for those dollars up front and the developer only gets reimbursed to the extent that that property tax is increasing and does so over the course of that whole development plan um, in terms of specific plans in terms of specific um, uh, projects over time and where they sit in the current state. Um, I'm sure either the DEGC's Brownfield uh, Redevelopment Authority could have that information and or um, the city's assessor's office in terms of all of the, the, the plans and property, the parcels that are uh, under a Brownfield. So I'm not... I'm not certainly not trying to pass the buck. Mm -hmm. I am more than happy to uh, make sure that that's a point um, that I raise to my uh, the administration when we have our next meeting. Um, but I would also just kind of add those other that other alternative as a as a way to get some more information on on plans. Thank you so much. And we have actually reached out to both. Uh, we have gotten some information from. Uh, Alvin Horn, um, we are just having to go through the information to be able to identify 
the realization of the increase uh, in property taxes. So if you wouldn't mind having that conversation, that would be greatly appreciated. Okay, sure. that, that is all that I have. Any uh, questions from my colleagues? Member Calloway? Yes, thank you, and um, thank you for being here with us, Mr. Lutz. You said you've been on this um, citizen, um, I'm sorry, Community Advisory Council for s six years? That's right. Okay, who appointed you? You said the council? Yes. And you live in what district? I'm in District 6. District 6, okay. Um, have you ever voted against a or disapproved a brownfield uh, proposal? If so, why? I'm not sure. I'm trying to think if I have. I don't know if I have. Um, the one that I, I've hesitated on, so to the point that I've, I've come close, the closest to voting against was the, um, the Jeep plant on the east side of the city that was recently approved. My hesitation was on the basis that um, I'm seeing a huge amount of funds being allocated to this development and being focused on trying to ensure that our, our transportation and our investment needs are looking forward towards EVs and things and not looking back at kind of the old technologies. That was my hesitation, but it was mine alone. And when I heard and when we get our plans and we review the projects, we see community support letters from block clubs and, and various uh, churches and, and other organizations that are in the immediate surrounding area. And when I looked through those and I heard from members of the community in regards to that plan, it changed my mind. It, it, you know, I, that voice rarely, if ever, is going to overcome my own personal general views because I view that my role is as the steward, um, but also as the voice for the community at large. Um, so to the extent I've had hesitation, it was with that plan. It was uh, certainly around um, the transformational brownfield plans for Hudson, um, the uh, book tower, et cetera. Uh, and then the, the last one was one on uh, Griswold and Lafayette, which happened to be completed or almost completed at the point that it came before us. At which point I asked the question, why are we giving an incentive? Why, why would we be offering money to incentivize a project to happen if it's already happened? And um, Corp Council provided that this was a special circumstance. It was an instance where they um, found some last minute asbestos and it was a, a, an unforeseen burden kind of a thing. Um, so um, at no point have I seen a project that was so fraught um, in terms of what they were asking for, uh, what they were proposing, uh, or the community was so um, against in terms of the letters of support and, and any um, feedback I've received or any, any members that have spoken up in, um, in one of our hearings. Okay. Madam Chair, so um, you've been on the um, council for six years and you've, no, you've never voted against a brownfield um, proposal. 
you, you've been hesitant, but you still voted in favor. That's right. Okay. My next question is, um, are you familiar with Coda Brush Park? Um, I would have to look back at my notes if that was, because we've only had, I think, two Brush Park projects within the last two or three years, probably since I've sat on, on council or on the, the CAC. Um, I think the, develop, the developer's name is Overbeck, if I'm not mistaken. I don't have, uh, I, I certainly don't remember the developer's name off, off the top of my head. So no. I, I have a question for you. Sure. If a developer comes before you um, for a brownfield um, and you approve it based on renderings, based on them building um, and preserving a historic structure, and you later learn that they've demolished this um, historic structure and did not come back before the city council to notify the council, what do you believe should happen? Is a brownfield um, grant, um, can we call claw back on it? Is it um, revocable? What should happen in, in that instance, in your opinion? My opinion as a city council uh, a potential appointee for the CAC or as an individual citizen. No, um, you're, you're here um, to be reappointed. Is that correct? Yes. So it would be in your capacity as someone who's appearing before a body seeking reappointment of an office that they already um, serve in. So in terms of our role, whenever a plan comes before us, it has to go through uh, the DGC's corporate counsel and their legal counsel. Um, and so one step back is this Brownfield legislation is state driven legislation and we are at the behest of what it provides. So if it says, um, for example, that they're allowed to um, be reimbursed for a parking structure, but everybody on the council believes or the, the CAC believes that that's inappropriate. We, we can't do anything other than follow the statute and understand that the statute provides what it provides. With respect to a, a project that you're noting or a pro, any project where they indicate they're gonna do one thing, uh, preserve historic structure, invest a certain amount of money and they don't, uh, my understanding is to the extent it is a certain dollar amount difference or it alters the plan in some meaningful way. And I don't know what that line is, if it's certain percentage dollars um, or if it's a historic structure, if it's a binary, you demolish it, then now it's a new plan and you need to come back through the, the process. And to be fair, We've had a few projects that have had to come back through the, the Brownfield process because of uh, change in investment, change in the renderings and the structure and the proposal that they came before us, the outset has now changed. So to the extent there's a meaningful change like the one that you're suggesting, it could be one of those matters that has to come back before uh, the Brownfield body to get reviewed and and reapproved um, through the chair. When that happens, do you feel 
um, you're obligated in any way since you do get your appointment through the city council that you should come back to the city council and advise us of saying? So as a CAC member, um, I'm more than happy to, in my capacity to speak to and comment to any city council person about what we did and what we thought. Um, our role specifically when we, we provide our vote up or down uh, is to the board of the, the Brownfield Redevelopment Authority. And so they are the ones who then give the, the approval, um, which is then brought before your honorable body in, in total. And so that is the group that is pretty much the, the ones that hold the keys, so to speak, to a plan. Because if we, for instance, were to all say no and vote no, the, the plan can still go to the board. They would see that we voted no, and that board could still approve the plan ultimately. So we're... We are an advisory council by name and by action. We, we have no binding authority in terms of what the plan's outcome is other than um, having an additional meeting or additional hearing. Um, thank you. Thank you, Madam Chair. Thank you. And Mr. Lutz, thank you so much for going through that, um, that specific scenario. Um, I do just want to share that was not approved by the Brownfield Redevelopment Authority, that was an obsolete property rehabilitation uh, incentive. Uh, so just, just so you're aware. Any additional questions? Seeing none, uh, is there a motion to ask LPD to draft a resolution to reappoint Mr. Lutz? Madam Chair, discussion? Member Calloway. We have six new um, council um, representatives. I'd like us to consider um, having uh, new representation on the Community Advisory Council when we have the opportunity. Um, this young man has been serving for six years. I think we need to give other citizens an opportunity to serve. So I do uh, um, oppose this reappointment. Thank you, Madam Chair. Thank you, um, and Member Calloway, we do have two open appointments for the uh, Community Advisory Council. This will be three. Thank you, Madam Chair. Thank you. Just wanted to make sure you were aware of that. Thank you. Member Waters? Is, is there a motion? Um, so are we saying we're going to leave this open? It, this would have to go before the full council. Madam Chair, I oppose this reappointment of Mr. Bradley Lutz. That would mean that we have an opportunity to do something different because this individual has never voted against a brownfield that he didn't like. Um, he said he's been hesitant, but he didn't move forward with his opposition. That's my concern. Um, so, no, I do not favor this appointment. Madam Chair, that means we possibly could have three um, 
um, new openings, and it'll give us an opportunity to work with a new committee. Thank you, Madam Chair. Thank you, Member Callaway. I did hear uh, what you said initially. Uh, it is the full body that makes the determination on who the individuals are that will um, sit on the Community Advisory Council. I do also want to note that our team reached out to all of the council members asking for individuals to be interviewed and brought forth for the main board as well as the Community Advisory Council. And we interviewed all three of the individuals last week. So one is the appointment that we discussed this morning, uh, and the other two individuals will potentially uh, be asked to join the Community Advisory Council. And, and, and I support Member that. Galloway. I support, I just do not support this particular appointment, reappointment of Mr. Bradley Lutz, uh, Madam Chair. Thank you, Member Calloway. I, I guess my question is, do we have other individuals that we're considering? No, no additional individuals were provided to us when we put the call out. Yeah, Madam Chair, I just need an extension, but I would like to make a recommendation. Um, thank you, Madam Chair. Thank you. All right. Well, thank you, Mr. Lutz. We appreciate your time, and uh, we will connect back with you to let you know how the body proceeds. M Madam Clerk. Yes, Madam Chair. Do you need us to take a specific action on line item six? No, well, it's, 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 in, um, it's up to you, Madam Chair, if the item before you, if you are moving it out to form to the full body with me showing Member Callaway as a no vote, then it will be moving out to formal for LPD to draft a resolution to move to formal with a two to one vote. And then it's voted on by the full body at that point. If not, then it's still your up to you if you was to keep this in committee today. Thank, thank you, Mr. Todd. Did you have something you wanted to uh, share? Good afternoon. Uh, Madam Chair, members of the committee, I revealed myself in anticipation of the next item uh, and uh, was otherwise on, but, but otherwise was intrigued in following this matter and was awaiting maybe the parliamentarian to weigh in on the actions and the request at hand. So I, I didn't have anything to add, but was intrigued with the discussion. Okay, and thank wanted you. to make myself available in case there were questions. Thank you. Member Calloway? Okay. Madam Parliamentarian. Yes, Madam Chair. Will you please enlighten us on proceeding with line item six? Shall we leave it in committee? So, so there are two things. One of your options is to go ahead and move this candidate forward to the city council with a recommendation. You could move it to city council without a recommendation or you can continue to conduct interviews. Yes. Thank you. What's the will of the body? Uh, Madam Chair, I um, motion, if this is appropriate, that we continue with interviews. I have two candidates that I like to move forward. I've just buried my father, got a little bit of, 
you know, preoccupied with getting him through um, his um, funeral arrangements, um, but I'm back on track. I do have two candidates that I'd like to be recommended. I just do believe we need to change the um, the way that we've been doing things on the council. Um, well, the way they've been doing things on the council before we got here. We need a fresh new, every time we have an opportunity to put somebody's name forth that's that's different or new, I think we ought to take that opportunity and they'll grow with us as we grow in our positions, but to continue to you know go along to get along or to get go with people who've been you know, um, voting for brownfields 100% of the time, they're hesitant, but they vote anyway, that's concerning for me. So Madam Chair, I'd like to um, not move this forward and continue to conduct interviews. Thank you, Madam Chair. Thank you. Is there a motion? So, Madam Chair. That's my motion. If I could add, it's my understanding that all of the names that are interviewed go forward to the city council at one time with a recommendation. So you may want to wait until you have conducted all of those interviews for this position. Thank uh, you, Madam Parliamentarian. I believe that has already happened. So that's why I'm trying to figure out how to address this particular position. Madam Chair, how could that Madam have happened Paula? when we still, we just did these two interviews? These are two separate bodies. Right, um, right. There, there was a process um, by which we followed that started mm -hmm. in October right. for the positions that were open. Mm -hmm. And so Madam Parliamentarian suggested that we provide all of the candidates' names to the full body mm -hmm. in order for the full body to take the vote. That's what happened earlier today. And so that's why I'm trying to get clarity, Madam Parliamentarian, on how to move forward with this particular position uh, if we decide not to reappoint them. To be able to give the opportunity to interview additional candidates for the position. It was my understanding that the appointments that you handled previously, there was one person for that one seat. Yeah. So in this case, it appears that you're going to have more than one person for the one seat, in which case you would go back to the process of submitting all the names at one time with a recommendation. But what you may want to do is to ask LPD for an actual opinion. Thank you. Um, we did have three open positions um, that we interviewed for last week after allowing, uh, you know, some time for colleagues to be able to submit names of individuals for the three positions. There was one for the main board and two for this community advisory council board. Uh, and so, Member, Member Calloway, can you restate your motion? Um, my motion is just um, to continue conducting interviews. Thank you, Madam Chair. Madam Parliamentarian, that how, how do we address the line item six? Do we leave it in committee to allow for that to happen? Uh, 
that would seem to be the appropriate action to bring back at a date to be determined. Thank you. Is there a motion to bring line item six back for a date to be determined and to ask for LPD to provide a suggestion on how to move forward? A motion, Madam Chair. Thank you, Member Calloway. Any objection? Hearing none, that action shall be taken. Thank you all. Thank you. We are going to move on to new business. Starting with line item 7.1, contract number 6002568, 100% city funding. Amendment number two to provide an extension of, of time only for computer hardware imaging and staging services. Is there a motion to discuss? Madam Chair. Mr. Washington. Motion, Madam Chair. Thank you. Good afternoon, Malika Washington on behalf of the mayor's office. There's actually a request to postpone the vote on 7.1 and 7.2 for one week so that we can do engagement with your offices. Mm -hmm. Thank you. There is a request to bring line item 7.1 back in one week. Is there a motion? Motion. Hearing no objection, that action shall be taken. Line item 7.1 shall be brought back in one week. Line item 7.2 is contract number 6004768, 100% city funding to provide IT service management solutions with the current Churwell system. There is a request to bring line item 7.2 back in one week. Is there a motion? Motion. Hearing no objection, that action shall be taken. Line item 7.2 shall be brought back in one week. Line item 7.3. Madam Chair. Ms. Sabatini. Uh, forgive the interruption, ma'am. Yes, Laurieann Sabatini, LPD. I don't know if it makes a difference, but line item 7.2 was removed by the administration at formal from being referred. So it's technically on on the agenda, but that's because we prepared it yesterday. Thank you. Yes, ma'am. Mr. Washington. Yes, Madam Chair. So uh, Ms. Sabatini just uh, reminded us that line item 7.2 was removed from the agenda. Um, is there, should we reconsider this to actually remove the line item from the agenda? Um, yes, Madam Chair. If this was the one that was removed at formal, then it would need to be removed from the agenda as well. Thank you. Is there a motion to reconsider the vote on line item 7.2? Motion. Hearing no objection, that action shall be taken. Is there a motion to remove line item 7.2 from the agenda? Motion. Hearing no objection, that action shall be taken. Line item 7.2 shall be removed from the agenda. Moving on to line item 7.3, a lawsuit settlement request of Donald Rudd versus City of Detroit in the amount of $55,000.
in full payment for any and all claims against the city of Detroit by reason of any injuries or occupational diseases and resultant disabilities as a result of past employment with the city of Detroit. Is there a motion to approve or discuss? Motion to approve. Any objection? Hearing none, that action shall be taken. Line item 7.3 shall be sent to formal with a recommendation to approve. Without objection, I'd like to combine line item 7.4 through 7.6. These are various lawsuit settlements in incidents relative to the Department of Transportation. Is there a motion to approve or discuss? Motion to approve. Any objection? Hearing none, that action shall be taken. Line item 7.4 through 7.6 shall be sent to formal with a recommendation to approve. Line item 7.7, .7, settlement request in lawsuit of Robert Pattinson versus City of Detroit, Detroit Fire Department, Eric Jones, Charles Sims, and Alfie Green. Case number 18-000250-CD in the amount of $300,000. Is there a motion to bring back line item 7.7 .7 in one week? There's a motion to bring line item 7.7 .7 back in one week. Hearing no objection, that action shall be taken. Madam Chair. Line item 7.7 .7 shall be brought back in one week. Member Calloway. When we do bring it back in one week, can we have someone from the department be able to speak to this? This is really um, very, my favorite word, concerning um, and perhaps preventable, avoidable. Um, so this is costing the city perhaps $300,000. And um, I don't know if we... That's, that's all I'll say. Thank you, Madam Chair. Thank you, Member Calloway. So I did um, request the, the bring back because I submitted uh, a question, a very pertinent question to the law department, and we have not received an answer back yet. Uh, and so we will certainly be sure to have someone here to address uh, any questions that you may have. Oh, Member Madam Calloway? Chair, if I may, you wouldn't think that any questions that we may have might be um, better served or addressed in a closed session or should it be done publicly? Thank you, Madam Chair. Thank you. Uh, as we are nearing recess, uh, my, my suggestion really would be to reach out directly to see if they can answer your questions. Um, I, I just had a very simple one, just reading the information um, but it was very peculiar to me, the, the situation was. Uh, and so I am looking forward to hearing back from the law department in regards to 7.7. .7. 
All right, we are going to move on to line item 7.8. A settlement, settlement request and lawsuit of Sean Hayes et al. versus City of Detroit. Case number 20-008-694-NF. In the total amount of $57,100 in a case relative to the Department of Transportation. Is there a motion to approve or discuss? Motion to approve. Any objection? Hearing none, that action shall be taken. Line item 7.8 shall be sent to formal with a recommendation to approve. Line item 7.9. A settlement request in lawsuit of Michigan Diagnostic Center, Inc., Edna Alexander versus City of Detroit, case number 22-182160-GC in the amount of $4,000 in a case relative to the Department of Transportation. Is there a motion to approve or discuss? Motion to approve. There's a motion to approve, hearing no objection, that action shall be taken. Line item 7.9 shall be sent to formal with a recommendation to approve. Without objection, I'd like to combine line item 7.10 and 7.11. These are two requests for legal representation and indemnification of police officers in lawsuit of Crystal Curtis versus City of Detroit. Is there a motion to approve or discuss? Motion to discuss, Madam Chair. Member Calloway? Madam Chair, maybe um, um, at one point or another we should have the um, DPD to come forward what is their training on shooting when somebody's running away? You're shooting them in the back um, and we're killing them. And if someone's running away, um, they're, they're not posing a threat. They're simply running away. And I don't think we should be um, shooting people in the back. And that's what this case is about. Um, we can't say it's self-defense if he's running away. And so um, I have issues with this line item 7.10, Madam Chair. And this individual is dead. So um, I don't know how we can, I don't, I don't know what to say about 7, um, 7.10, uh, Madam Chair, but thank you. Member Calloway, would you like to bring it back? To oh, have some conversations with the law department? Yeah, the law department, maybe DPD, DPD as well. So, yes, for line item 7.10, uh, Madam Chair, I'd like to bring back, um, bring them both back because you combine them. So, Madam Chair, I make a motion to bring back line item 710 and 711 um, in a week 
and we'll have our um, questions drafted. Um, thank you, Madam Chair. Thank you. Uh, the two are linked, um, the same situation, just two different police officers. So uh, there's a motion to bring line item 7.10 and 7.11 back in one week. Hearing no objection, that action shall be taken. Line item 7.10 and 7.11 shall be brought back in one week. Without objection, I'd like to combine line item 7.12 and 7.13. These are requests for legal representation and indemnification of two police officers uh, in a lawsuit of Deborah Sherrod Lugo versus City of Detroit. Is there a motion to approve or discuss? Chair, this becomes Member Calloway, Madam Chair, this becomes it's not even it's not funny, but it is just heartbreaking that if we continue on this trajectory, we're going to go back into bankruptcy because of selling these types of lawsuits, Madam Chair. I can't. I don't know what to say. I have no words. I have no words, and I don't have a motion. Thank you, Madam Chair. Thank you, Member Waters. Okay. Motion to send to Foreman without uh, recommendation. There's a motion to send line item 7.12 and 7.13 to Foreman with no recommendation. Any objection? Hearing none, that action shall be taken. Line item 7.12 and 7.13 shall be sent to Foreman without recommendation. Line item 7.14. Submitting resolution authorization to submit a grant application to the Simon Foundation for the Simon Foundation grant to support Project Green Slate. The total project cost is $50,000. Is there a motion to approve or discuss? Motion to approve. Hearing no objection, that action shall be taken. Line item 7.14 shall be sent to formal with a recommendation to approve. Line item 7.15, implementation of the the 2022 through 2027 labor agreement between the city of Detroit Police Department and the employees represented by the Detroit Police Command Officers Association. Is there a motion to remove line item 7.15, recognizing that it was voted on this morning? Motion. There's a motion to remove line item 7.15 from the agenda. Hearing no objection, that action shall be taken. Moving on to member reports. Motion to suspend member reports, Madam Chair. There is a motion to suspend member reports. Hearing no objection, that action shall be taken. 
If there is nothing further to come before us, we are now adjourned. <laughs>